Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hey, friends, we want to make sure you know about our sister podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by Molly Lloyd and Blair Brooks. Stick around after this episode for a special clip from their show and then subscribe to Toddler Purgatory wherever you listen to podcasts. How rewarding is it really to take care of a boa constrictor? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I am not an omniscient presence. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Amy, you're very quiet. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Stay angry about that. everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And I'm just going to keep you on the line because before I even tell you what we're talking about, Amy's going to read the mailbag. How's that, Amy? Wow. Is that professionalism or what? That's how professionals do a mailbag. Stop. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. Amy and Margaret. Jillian in our Facebook group written to say, I just paused the When Partners Just Don't Get It episode to come say, love this episode. She liked the part about the dad getting a one-way ticket to Good Morning America for doing his daughter's hair. (laughs) Jillian says, let me tell you about the time I was working full-time from home and my kid was remote learning first grade. I helped her complete 9 to 12 assignments every single day. Dad decides he's going to throw me a bone and help her complete one assignment one day while I was in a meeting. Well, at night, the teacher goes through the submitted assignments and leaves verbal comments so the kids can hear her feedback on their work. I had to listen to a two-minute dissertation about how wonderful and patient dad was helping my daughter sound out these words. Never once did I get praise for helping her complete the 500 assignments over the nine months I was in this hell. Jillian, we hear you. (laughs) Heard and seen. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's the point we've been trying to make. And I'm going to say that this revelation was an unwelcome surprise, Amy, to tie it into our theme today. Rarely have I LOL'd at something in our Facebook group. And I do LOL at things in our Facebook group all the time. Facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hellcast to join us there. Caitlin posted the following. PSA. Do not let your kids get pets that live for more than a couple of years, unless they're the family dog, cat, etc. Next thing you know, they'll be pushing 40 and the darn thing still won't die. In our case, a 26-year-old boa constrictor that was gotten as a kid 26 years ago. I guess the life expectancy was only 10 to 15, but still. And how rewarding is it really to take care of a boa constrictor? So unrewarding. (laughs) One of my kids wants a rat. Oh, a rat. Eh. It's such a nope. Yeah. I mean, but she's like doing poster board presentations of how great a rat would be. And she's really not letting it go. I sort of was like, well, it's a maybe on the rat. And it's not a maybe on the rat. Just to be clear, it's a hard pass on a rat. I mean, I would never sleep at night knowing there was a rat in my home. I have very particular applicable advice for you on this. I hope it's don't get a rat. Well, yeah, don't get a rat. (laughs) But yes, my sister who is, you know, a grown up with four kids of her own now, when she was like eight, nine, she really wanted a turtle. And my parents were like, 
no pets. Just like your own child, she did the presentations, the trifold <laughs> stand-up poster board. Right. Why turtles are a great pet. Six to eight reasons why we should have a turtle. And P.S. I think a turtle is a much better pet than a rat. Perhaps you can redirect. But anyway, she got that turtle for her ninth birthday. My sister is now 41 and Wiley still lives in her kitchen. He's still around. Oh. He, he'll outlive us all. Gee. Wiley is like an ancient tortoise. Yeah. And he just hangs out in her kitchen mostly under a heat lamp. Yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. The commitment to a pet, you really have to think it through. I know my mother-in-law at some point, and my sister was saying this about her mother-in-law, at some point had like two to three cats living in the house that were her kids' college cats that just never died. Like, yes. there's no such thing as a college pet. A college pet is a pet that your parents better want in three years. That is so right. My grandparents had a dog named Dylan, named after Bob Dylan, that one of their kids, my uncle, you know, like moved out and Dylan stuck around and lived to a ripe old age. Yeah. I remember a cousin of mine who had a rabbit and she would take it outside <laughs> and sing Born Free to it in hopes that it would go off and live in the woods with its <laughs> rabbit pals, but it never did. I mean, she doesn't have the rabbit. I don't know what happened to that rabbit. I mean. So, yeah. You know, pets are really hard to take care of sometimes and you have to really want to. But what's perhaps the unwelcome surprise at the heart of this is that it could happen for a quarter century or more. Yeah. And so we decided to dig in on the topic. We went out to our Facebook group and asked you all to send in your thoughts on unwelcome surprises. And we're going to review some of them today. I'm so ready. Let's start with Lindsay, who says, the smell of my car. My kids are eight and 11. So you would think that the car smell gets better. It does not. Even the two years that we didn't go anywhere, that car just didn't have a chance to air out sufficiently still. Well, we bought a minivan several years ago and I, in driving home, we realized basically it's also a crazy unwelcome surprise that it's a thousand dollars less to buy a used car than a new car. Like they really set it up so that you have to buy a new car. So we were thinking we would spend a couple thousand dollars on a used minivan. And as we started to price it out, it's harder to insure a million reasons. We ended up with a very expensive new minivan that we weren't expecting to have to pay for. We were stretching our budget for. And I, of course, was driving home in this sleek, like basically spaceship of a perfectly clean van and announcing like, we will never eat in this car. We will never leave trash in this car. It's going to look like we've spent all this money and the minivan will stay clean. I mean, that lasted for literally six days. <laughs> and our minivan is a rolling trash can of doom. You give the spaceship cleanliness was forgotten on before the week was out, Amy. So I guess the surprise part of this is that as your kids age, that that doesn't really get. No, they start leaving their sweaty soccer cleats. And oh, I forgot that was in there. And I feel like you live in the city. You have a little bit more control because you don't drive your car that often. But when you're in that thing nine times a day going back and forth. I mean, literally like half-eaten hamburgers. The things I pull out of that car when I clean it, it is a terror dome. Unwelcome surprise. <laughs> it is an unwelcome surprise. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't get better. In fact, it might get worse. They get bigger and stinkier in there. I like this unwelcome surprise from Melanie. All of the times your child does something dangerous and your spouse gives you that, what are we going to do look? So you feel the need to remind him that this is also your first rodeo and you don't know either. <laughs> And I think that that is, it's very on point. Yeah, that moment with like, am I in charge here? No, you're in charge here. Oh, no, I am in charge here that you're the mom and that people expect you to know what to do when your kid's arm is broken or something. It's an unwelcome surprise. I want to say also, this is the same for kids. I mean, how many times do I find myself saying to my children, what's it going to be like when we get there to the farm? I don't know. I've never been there. I am not an omniscient presence. So stop everyone seeing me that way. I have exactly the same amount of information as everybody else. So how would I know that? Lynn Lyons, I just spoke to her. She's the co-host of Fluster Clucks, and she's a therapist that helps kids with anxiety. And she just like drilled into me in this fresh take that I recorded with her that teaching our kids to tolerate uncertainty is the most important thing we can give them and is the antidote to anxiety is tolerating uncertainty. Did she so. say that the way to do that was constantly screaming in their faces? How would How I know? How should I know? Yeah, because <laughs> that's my approach. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm nailing it, owning it. And then Michelle says, which I think is related, how hard it is to get out of gender stereotyped job duties as a parent. Yes. Even while it has been on my radar from the beginning, it still overtook me. I feel like 
my husband and I long, long ago were talking to a friend of his and the potential dad was saying, well, we really only want to have kids. They were kind of, you know, California hippies and like, well, we really only want to have kids if we can do it totally equitably. Like, we just want to share everything. And I da 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 da. Yeah. It was giving me the super eye roll that you can't see. But yeah, I mean, snore. I'm all for it. Love the thought process, but it is hard to fight it. I mean, we talk about it. There are ways to make it better. When the kids were toddlers, I was mom and my husband was like working dad. And I will say in the tween years, my husband is doing probably more of the work at home than I am right now. And respect. I like it. But I think the quicksand of gender roles is more complicated than we think going into it. For sure. And rewriting those, just my uh, spouse is starting to take on more things because he loves me. He wants to take on more. I'm trying to write a book right now. And so he's like, okay, so he's got to step up and he's willing to do it. But he just came in the other day and said in our car, which we don't drive that much as you were just pointing out. Yes, your non-smelly car. Right. We're not in there every day. He said, oh yeah, you're right. Like Something's wrong with our air conditioning. It's not working. And I was like, I said like, oh, yeah, I know. And then, it was like, then we had like that face off. Right. And so I said, can you figure out a day you can, you know, take it down to the dealer this week to have it service? And, you know, it was sort of like, OK, I guess I can't. Right. This is the part where I step up. OK. Yeah. It's constant negotiation. Yeah. And that's the kind of unseen I mean, I've been busy with a million different things and things are going a little haywire for me. I feel like I've been saying that for a couple of months. Like, oh, I'm having a little bit of a tough time because you're going a little haywire right now. But I feel like my husband, he had been working at home. He now works out of the house. He comes home at night and I do have that feeling of like, oh my God, the breakfast dishes are still have food on them because I'm working a lot and I'm busy and I'm running around putting out fires. And I do sometimes apologize. Like, I'm sorry that you're coming in and it looks exactly the same as when you left, but I'm not in housewife mode right now. I'm in busy taking care of a lot of stuff mode. And he doesn't care at all. Like he comes home and he's like, it's fine. I'll lend a hand. But I do find that I'm like, not Donna reading and that I have some guilt about it that maybe I should just let go of. Just to bring this back to the topic, they are those breakfast dishes at 4 p.m. are an unwelcome surprise, aren't they? Like, what? There's breakfast dishes? <laughs> wow. That's an unwelcome surprise. When you walk in at 4 p.m. and there's like a plate of eggs and like bacon out on the table. And I have one kid who is very sensorily sensitive. And one of the things that really triggers him is gross food stuff. Like leftover and food. So, okay. Yeah. And he's not wrong, but he will walk into the kitchen and like he walks back as if he's seen like a dead body. He's like, whoa, all this stuff for breakfast is still in there. And I'm like, okay, all right, let me go and clear it away. It's not his. And listen, I can hear the people being like, well, tell him to clean up himself. We're working on it. It's a thing. That's something in my house, too. And what's hard about it is the person who is most bothered by it, like truly like unnerved by it. Correct. Is Therefore, so like, okay, you don't like it, you pick it up. It's not a sock on the floor. It's something that is like, I might have to throw up if I sit here. It's extremely, and he gets it from me. Like my husband knows that I'll step up on any level. I mean, the thing I really almost can't do is reach into a sink of dirty water dishes. Like I really start gagging and throwing up. We should do like a truth or dare episode. Yeah, things I can't handle. Because, and then I'll be like, would you rather, (laughs) I'll get her to say anything. Would I rather like saw off one of my own arms that was trapped (laughs) under a rock or reach into a sink of dirty dishes. Like, I mean, it's deep. Stay tuned for that episode. I'm writing it in my head already. Crystal and Katie both think that keeping their children clothed is a very unwelcome surprise. How hard that is? How much mental load that involves. Because they undress themselves during the day? No, no. Just the idea of... Husband has no idea what size they are, Mm -hmm. what size they need, how much laundry needs to be done to get ready for a four-day trip. Like, just the husband blindness in the arena of like, right. And I will say, like, my husband having dialed in has gotten better at this. I sometimes have to call him from Target to say, what size, do you know what size the kids' shoes are? And usually he says no, and we both have to, like, go find a kid and look at the bottom of their foot. (laughs) But... The idea that like camp is in three weeks, you've been thinking for two weeks about what they have, when you're going to go get the hand-me-downs and look at them, when you're going to pull out last year's clothes and see what still fits. The children magically having clothes on every day. I mean, I do find this an unwelcome surprise. Just getting three clean and clothed children to school every day. is a miracle. It's a miracle. (laughs) 
it's so much work, you know? You really, yeah. And my kids don't look like little Art Fauntleroy. Like, they're in a dinosaur eating a piece of pizza t-shirt and a pair of pants that may have holes in the knees. But that's the top of the mountain of success for me. And as they get older, and you're supposed to be overseeing that less, you have to sometimes lower your standards even more. For sure. You're wearing that is not a fight that you're that is worth having. In fact, my daughter just got called out for something that didn't fit the dress code mm. by the gym teacher who's been around for a while. And she came home whoa, with a head of steam, like, would you believe? And I'm like, yeah, I did believe. I knew it didn't fit the dress code. And I decided to let her go to school and face the consequences. You gave her the gift of failure, Amy. Jess Leahy's book. Yeah, the gift. Exactly. Exactly. A little back pat for me. All right. We'll be back with even more unwelcome surprises. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, here's a funny unwelcome surprise. Sylvia says, the thing, whatever it may be, that you have to teach every single time. For me, <laughs> it has gone through phases, like instructing my child how to properly brush their teeth every day, how to move their head to get their hair washed every time, how to get in the car and put on their buckles every time. It's akin to screaming, put your shoes on when you've already been asking for 10 minutes. But it's a how instead of a won't. Yes, and we have had a lot of fresh take guests, and I feel like this has helped me. Casey Davis talks about this. You actually have to teach kids how to clean, and you don't teach kids anything once. I have told the story before. When I was out of college, I was living in my first apartment, and I turned the stove on, and I didn't know the stove had a pilot light, which is an oldie locks alert. I bet there's no stoves that do this anymore. And then I turned the range on, and it filled with gas, the stove. And when it hit the range, the stove exploded and blew me across the room. I was fine. I wasn't injured. But I called my mom and told her about it. She was so upset. And I said, Mom, I'm fine. And she said, it just makes me wonder what else you don't know. And that's the feeling, right? Like, how do you not know how to fill in the blank? The thing in my house, that thing in my house is the dishwasher. We have a sort of a a weird dishwasher, because of course we do, right? That needs specific instructions. You got to like push the button twice and then push it in, right? Right. You press OK, then wait, then press OK again. <laughs> right. And then press start, right? And you close it. So in our house, I'm the only one who knows how to get the dishwasher started. And when that doesn't work, you turn it off, you count to five, you turn it back on again, and then you press OK, and then you break. I mean, it is a little complicated, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, the only person who can turn the dishwasher on is mom. 
You figured it out. Yeah. It seems like maybe people don't want to <laughs> learn. I have to add Sylvia's, what's the word? Codicil footnote, whatever. Yes. Yes. Okay. She came back to write, my child literally fell out of a kitchen chair while I was typing this. Add sitting to the list of things I'm sick of explaining. <laughs> With my kids, it's we have our kitchen has a counter with the tall stools and it's got a tile floor. Yes. And so the kids are constantly leaning back the bar stools on the tile floor. The noise of the feet of the stool hitting. I can hear it from anywhere in the house and they must think I'm insane because I'm literally like brushing my teeth and I'm like, stop banging the chair. Stop banging the chair. Like I must say stop banging the chair a million times. It's probably time to just put some cushy feet on the bottom because the sound of those clicking stools is driving me absolutely insane. But also when they fall backwards and I have to take them to the ER, it's going to be how did this possibly happen to me? I know. I just was watching one of my kids tipping so far back in their chair at dinner. And I just was like, hmm, I'm just going to take a moment and observe this. My kids aren't little. They've definitely heard a few times that it's really a bad idea to tip back in the chair like that because you might fall. I'm really trying to watch the tendency that I have as parent, mother living in the world to be like, don't do this, do this, do this, you know, right? To like police everything. Yeah. To police everything. You know what? Tip back in the chair and maybe you'll fall. And it did work in this moment. But yeah, what's with the tipping back in the chair? That's the unwelcome surprise. Why that continues to be of interest for years, years and years. Years and years and years. And then tied into that, Kimberly says the amount of noise they generate is her unwelcome surprise. I am a quiet person by nature. So the constant stomping, humming, chatting, door closing, questioning, dot, dot, dot. So much noise. Yes. I feel like this is um, pandemic acquired for me. I feel like the noise I used to be okay with, but I have become a nightmare on this issue. Just sitting and being like, who's making that noise? Who's making that clicking noise? Like just the constant, I guess it's not true because I remember in my freshman year of college, I had to switch roommates because I had a roommate who was a perma noisemaker and I did have to change roommates. <laughs> You've talked about her before, but I'm going to have to hear it again. Give us, be your roommate, please. Like coming back in from taking a shower, which you would. There was never silence. So she would walk in and be like, oh, shower time. Okay. Let me find my shoes. Oh, here they are. Hello, shoes. Okay. Let me get my basket. Do, 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 do. Okay. Shampoo, conditioner. Here's my body scrub. Okay. Do, do, do. Oh, okay. I mean, just a constant hum of noise and then she talked in her sleep she would literally fall asleep and keep talking <laughs> I mean it was relentless and I do think that it got exponentially worse for me my tolerance of it during the pandemic but like mouth sounds and everything drives me crazy the kids eat cereal kink the spoon hitting the bottom of the bowl yes <gasps> you're singing my song and then the slurping <laughs> noises it just I agree like I can't handle it I cannot handle it. And then we get in bed and my husband snores and I'm like, will I never get peace? Oh my God, Amy and I just shared a hotel room. And let me give you the greatest compliment in the world, Amy. You're very quiet. You don't make noise. You don't talk to yourself. And then you sleep silently. It was heaven. I think I need to move out and move in with you if that's okay. We are pretty good roommates. We're better roommates than one might think. I mean, I guess we're on our best behavior with each other. Six nights a year. It's great. Laura is unpleasantly surprised by how slow children are. I love that my child enjoys smelling the roses, inspecting a blade of grass, collecting hundreds of bits of styrofoam from a cup, but it takes so long. She can stretch a five-minute chore out to an hour and a half. Eating a meal can take three hours. Putting on shoes is the worst <laughs> 43 minutes of my life each morning. <laughs> it's true. And this is where I feel like we sometimes have experts who come on and are like, don't intervene. Like they learn by doing. And I'm like, forget it. Get your shoes on. Here you go. I'm tying them for you. I just can't. I can't give away like four hours of my life every day to the learning. I just, I don't have the patience for it. And guess what? My children kind of know how to tie shoes. I bet my fourth grader doesn't know how to tie a pair of shoes. And guess what? She'll figure it out eventually. It's fine. I love this one. Mariana says it was an unwelcome surprise to her how grocery shopping with a kid was much more enjoyable when you were the kid. <laughs> it's kind of fun to go to the grocery store. Is it? it was really fun to go to the grocery store. You could point at things, scream, scream at the top of your lungs. Yeah. Push the cart, get the ice cream you liked. 
That's how I still bribe my kids, like kids who come with me get treats and, you know, and then they get all kinds of nonsense. Yeah, I still yeah, I still do that with my groans. But I have said before, when I was a new mother of three, I had a double stroller that became a triple stroller because I added a little foot pad to the back. So I would go into the grocery store with one kid standing on the foot pad, like a two year old in the car seat and then a baby. Yes. (laughs) And I was just like, I could clear the aisles. People just saw me coming in that rig and they were like, walk away. You see pictures sometimes of like 18 people riding a motorcycle together. Like that's what I looked like. And I could really clear an aisle in the grocery store. People were like, whatever this is, I am running from it. But your kids, yeah, it was a great adventure. Yeah. And it was also, what was the other option? I couldn't leave them at home and I didn't have any help. So they were coming with me. Sorry, aisle 12. You're going to be in the middle of a nightmare while you try to get your yogurt. Do they still give out samples at the deli counter? Like, I remember getting some bologna once in a while. Not since COVID. (laughs) Not since COVID. Darn it. It's ruined everything. COVID's ruined everything. Mariana had one that brought me back. Because these are the things... I also feel like a lot of the unwelcome surprises are the things you forget about. Like, oh, yeah, that phase. A toddler who throws everything all the time. Food, toys, breakable objects. Random hard plastic squirrel at a lady's head at church. (laughs) Luckily, it didn't hit her, but it was a close call. People are rightfully extremely alarmed by being hit by flying objects unexpectedly. And there is no one who gets hit with something that your toddler threw who turns around and is like, oh, isn't your baby cute? Yes. I mean, it's unacceptable to throw things at other people's heads. But toddlers just simply don't understand that. No. They really don't. They don't get it. And who knows? That lady in the church, it occurs to me, like she could have been somebody who's toddler through everything. But you don't really remember that when you just got beamed in the head out of nowhere. No. I mean, and this is another unexpected surprise I'm going to tell you because I see this all the time. The whole like have all new toys for them to play with on the plane. Let me tell you, when that gets winged at a person's head four aisles in front of you, it does not go well. People do not need to be hit unexpectedly with things. Have you seen that meme of a cat like knocking everything off a table? Have you seen it? It's that. (laughs) Yes, it's totally that. Similarly, like I have to, I have to throw this. This is what God put me in this earth to do. Throw everything. And there really is. I was recently driving a golf cart with a toddler, which admittedly as the host of a parenting podcast, that was not a good choice. Like I should have maybe not done that. When you say driving with the toddler. Oh, the toddler was driving. He likes to drive the golf cart. You know, I was helping hold the steering wheel and he was like pressing. It's like, oh, it'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Your hand was awesome, the steering wheel. And I mean, before I knew it, he like drove us over like a post and almost destroyed my father-in-law's like brand new golf cart. But you think you've got it. You're like, okay, I'm keeping it. You can be looking right at a toddler and like they have winged an object into another person's eye before you've even like reached out to try to stop them. They're fast and wily and dangerous toddlers. Did the surprising strength and quickness of a toddler is an unwelcome surprise. Yeah, they're very wily. This brings me to a topic that also I was like, that is an unwelcome. There was none of these that I thought, I don't know what you're talking about. But this was a funny one. Hannah says, I was surprised by the volume of pain children inflict on you without intending to. (laughs) Yes. Head butts from babies, unexpected piggyback rides from toddlers, attempting to pluck nipples off like berries from a bush. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But the least expected and most horrendous is how many times things would be dropped on my toes. One time I picked up my son and for some reason an entire pizza pan came with him and then right back down on my toe. Pretty sure it was broken. With little kids that need want to be picked up, I swear not a day goes by without something crashing down (laughs) on my poor feet. Wear shoes. Did you ever have like the almost knock you unconscious toddler headbutt? Yes. Oh my gosh. I seriously, at one point I thought my eye socket was broken. Like you're holding a kid on their lap and they rear back with their heads. Jack Reacher, do you read those books? Uh, No, but I mean, I know what you mean. He has a whole thing. He's like, I don't know what he is. He's like a karate judo whiz and he fights crime. But he, in in like 10 of the books, he's like the very strongest part of your body is your head and your skull. So he talks about in a fight how he always headbutts people because your skull can take a much bigger impact than another person's like face, you know? And babies have understood this from time immemorial because... Man, they wing that skull at you. And I mean, you see stars. I truly, I was like, my orbital socket is crushed. Like, I was sure I was heading to the ER. 
But I did. I just had a big black eye. And it's like my I would walk around with my husband and people would glare at him. And he was like, it was the baby. Thank you very much. It was this adorable infant. One of my much younger siblings closed my fingers in a car door once. And I mean, I remember I was like a parental figure to this kid because I was a lot older. And anyway, like I wanted to, you know, flip out, but you can't because the kid is clearly upset that they've hurt you without meaning to. And so you have to like (laughs) do that whole thing and kind of clamp down on it, even though you want to scream. What'd you do? I don't know if I do that thing. I think I just scream, (laughs) ow, ow, ow. But yeah. And then Becca says, yes, this is such a good one. The little elbows and knees as they crawl over you, tiny big baby finger pinches and sharp fingernails being bitten. It never ends. And then Hannah says, I didn't even think of being used as a jungle gym constantly. That's right. Like just, well, my kids still, we have literally sat them down and be like, we need to have a talk because they are what are they, Amy? 10, 12, and 13. <laughs> Let me check the records. Yes, something like that. I mean, something like that. They keep growing, these kids. My 12-year-old will still do the thing where he gives me a hug and then he picks his feet up off the floor unexpectedly. Oh. And let me tell you, I'm like, mommy is elderly and infirm. You may not do that anymore. Way to slip a disc, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you will never see me upright again if you keep doing that. I am not a mom that you can put your hands around my neck and then pick your feet up. Oh, that is amazing. We're both going down and like one of us is never getting get up again. You're right. Stay angry about that. Stay angry. We'll be right back. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And now, some very welcome surprises from the What Fresh Hell podcast. You volunteered for the Revolutionary War reenactment at your kid's school, but unfortunately, they had too many volunteers, so you will not be needed at the butter churning station. Your husband isn't in the mood tonight, so go ahead and keep reading your magazine, and then it's off to sleep for you. The three-game lacrosse tournament upstate is sadly going to be canceled due to weather this weekend, so you won't be able to sit on the sidelines for seven hours straight in the freezing rain. Your tween does not want you to accompany him to his superhero movie where a bunch of characters you've never heard of fight CGI aliens. He'd prefer if instead of watching the movie, you just drop him off and go shopping instead. Your mother-in-law won't be able to make her 10-day visit with you this summer because her husband booked a surprise cruise. Maybe next year. Your oven is on the fritz and you'll have to skip cooking and order take-in for the next several nights. 
least. Sheila, the book club hostess, isn't feeling well, so you'll have to spend the night catching up on reruns of Selling Sunset instead of putting on a bra and pretending that you read the Scarlet Letter. Wordle in two, baby! Nailed it! This has been some very welcome surprises. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, let's start strong with Claire, who finds it an unwelcome surprise how much she has to multitask. I didn't expect driving to become such a huge test of concentration and multitasking, like parallel parking, while my preschoolers have urgent questions like, do ants have lungs? Mom, do ants have lungs? When kids yell and fight and the radio's going, like that just sends me. I can't drive and do all that at the same time. Yeah. And Diana agrees. She didn't expect to have every single conversation I attempt with my husband interrupted. It's like they can't bear the thought that I would give him any attention. (laughs) And right, like my husband and I just constantly are like, I'm glad we stopped for that one. You know, when somebody just comes in, it's like, hey, next Christmas, can I get a hoverboard? And it's like, it's July. What? What are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> what are we do- like? Why did you have to step like we're in the middle of figuring out our budget? Like, is this really a conversation we and often with a ton of emotionality attached, you know, like I'm just worried. What if- I-, I know you. I- what if it's like we're really going to fight about this? Next year, do I have to be in band again? It's like, can we save? Can- well, let's put a pin in it. I don't know. <laughs> Put a pin in that kit. I love this one. This is an important warning. Learn from Laura. It was an unwelcome surprise that purchasing rainbow colored bowls and plates was a really bad idea because now her girls fight about which color they get to have every day. Should have got the white plates, Laura says. Yeah, she should have. This reminds me of Michelle. Her unwelcome surprise was that she thought her two children, who she spaced closely together, hoping they would be friends, exist solely to antagonize each other. I wish I could tell you that that changes. (laughs) I mean, in the long term, I am one of four. We come together. We deal with stuff together. Like, we visit. We enjoy each other. We enjoy each other's kids. But, like, it's a long game, Michelle. It's a really long game. We actually have an episode about that. I'll find the link in the show notes for it. It's called Why Are Our Kids Such Total Opposites? And it's like the closer they are in age, it's not your imagination. They're completely different. They are completely different because they are that close in age. So they, they're two birds in a nest that both need to get worms. And so one has to have a beak and one has to have feathers. They develop in opposite ways on purpose. So of course, they're going to clash. To distinguish themselves. Yeah. But yeah, that whole like have another one and then they'll have a playmate. Mm. <laughs> Rethink that. If you've already got to, sorry, bad news. Yeah. Here's some more serious unwelcome surprises. COVID was a very unwelcome surprise for everyone. Number one, yes. I love the movie. It's an oldie locks alert. Back in my day. Queen of Versailles, although they're now doing like another version of it. (gasps) Oh, it's so good. I would watch that movie 10 times. Queen of Versailles. I think it's on Netflix still. It's amazing. It's about this crazy family building a house and they're doing a new, you know, there's a new series. They're finishing the house now. No. With the same family? It's about a family building a house and it's called The Return of the Queen of Versailles or something like that. Sign me up. But the original movie is about a woman who marries a really wealthy guy and they have a bunch of kids and then his business falls apart and they're building this giant replica of Versailles and it starts to crumble and they can't finish it. And... But at some point, she's walking around the house. Everything's a mess. Like the lizard is dead and the house is a mess and the kids are running crazy. And she just says, I just would have never had this many kids if I thought I was going to be poor. (laughs) And it's like, that was kind of COVID? Like, wow, I made some very specific decisions, not planning on having to homeschool these children or educate these children or whatever else I had to do. Worry over health problems, right? Becoming a pediatric triage nurse without any formal medical education, says Leslie. Like, right. Does this warrant a call to the pediatrician, a trip to the ER? Is it allergies or a brain tumor? Is he going through a growth sport or is this something much more terrible? Having recently had a kid who complained of stomach pains for two straight days and telling him it was gas or constipation, and then finding out it was an extremely inflamed appendix that needed to be removed immediately, let me tell you, same. Yeah, you're not a trained medical professional, but you and the mom have to make the call in that moment. My kid, he slipped and and broke his arm. We were at a tennis thing, and he was picking up tennis balls. He wasn't even playing, and he slipped. And everybody sort of gathered around, 
and then looked to me to make the call on like, is it broken? What should we do? I'm like, I can't even look at this. I don't want to be in charge. And I have no idea. I have no idea how to tell if something needs a trip to the doctor. It did. His arm was broken. But I, that you were the decision maker in those moments when you're already triggered because your kid is hurt is an unwelcome surprise. Yeah. And Lillian says, and when your kid actually does get sick, it makes you wonder if you should push harder. Maybe a doctor would have listened sooner. You didn't want to be that crazy mom. Please listen to our episode with Taylor Harris about this. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book called This Boy We Made about being a medical advocate for her son. And it is an incredible book. And it really deals with this thing that I feel like gets missed and not talked about as much. But then we also have an episode called When to Be That Mom. These are hard decisions and they're a lot. Emily talks about IEPs. Our process was super difficult, had loads of sympathy for parents going through thicker IEPs and multiple therapies. You picture kids coming out and you picture the pumpkin patch and you picture like Christmas morning or you picture summers at the lake and everybody diving in while you sip, you know, rosé on the shore or whatever. You don't picture all the really complicated stuff that comes up. IEPs and trips to the ER, times when you and your kids really don't get along and times where your husband and you don't get along over what's going on with your kid. It's complicated. And let's say it, Amy, it's unwelcome. Highly unwelcome. We don't like it is what we're saying. We don't yike it, as the kids like (laughs) to say. Cheryl says that, surprise, unwelcome surprise, you are now the default key master and keeper knower of all things. You will be asked where things you have never seen or touched (laughs) are in the house. And if they're not found, it's your fault. Exactly, Cheryl. The switch charger that should have been packed the night before the trip. It's definitely my fault. I didn't know the switch had a charger. I thought it had batteries, but it's still my fault. How very dare you, Amy, to not pack something you didn't know existed even. I think we should finish on Keenan. I have to read it in the right tone because otherwise you will be depressed. But it's all done with hysterical laughing emojis. So just keep that in mind before I read. Her unwelcome surprise, how unenjoyable the whole parenting experience really is. How does the human race continue to survive? How do ongoing generations continue to be tricked with the temptation of a cute newborn? I like my kids individually, but as a group, there is always somebody with a problem or issue. I mean, I was crazy and had five, so maybe part of it is my fault. Maybe part of it. Yep. (laughs) I wasn't prepared for how endlessly taxing parenting is. But did I mention I love them, right? Right. You love them. And it's a lot. We think that you really understand why we called this podcast. What fresh hell. But we're laughing in the face of motherhood. We're keeping up with all of the unwelcome surprises. Go back and check out a couple of the episodes that we've named here because you will find many of these unwelcome topics discussed. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted an unwelcome surprise. There were hundreds more we didn't even get to. We'll put a link to the thread too so you can go back and look at the thread if you want because it's fun. If you haven't joined our Facebook group, it's a fun, really cool group of parents helping each other out. Come on over. Sometimes laughing and sometimes actually like you you guys, I need help with this. So often I'll see like, this is my favorite group. I know you guys can help me. What kind of bib should I buy or whatever? Sometimes it's a little thing and sometimes it's a big thing and you guys really show up for one another and it's amazing. It's awesome. Come find us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh Hellcast. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. So long. As promised, here is a clip from our sister podcast, Toddler Purgatory, which focuses on kids under six on how to hold on to friends with no kids. We hope you enjoy it and subscribe. Melanie said a similar thing. She says, I live across the U.S. from my friends. So for Mm. us, it's two to three, five minute phone calls a week. Get it. And an unbelievable amount of text messaging. (laughs) (laughs) True. But she says exactly what you said. They've known each other. She says, we laugh at each other's jokes. So it's a pleasantry. We're not going to give up anytime soon. Yes, Melanie. Yeah. I got to have people around me who think I'm funny. (laughs) Right? Right? Do you know how much like fake laughing I do at my five-year-old? Because he thinks that he's so funny. And I'm just like, you're funny, kid. But like, do you know that I'm like 10 times funnier than you are? And he's like, (laughs) no. He's like, no, clean up my pee-pee on the side of the toilet. (laughs) I know, just because I don't put the word butt in for everything, which is the height of humor from my son. Oh, the height. I'm just like, ugh, use your brain. He's like, oh, you want to, mom, you want to push me on the merry-go-butt? 
And then you have to be like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, you're so funny. Ugh, I got real friends who think I'm real funny. <laughs> exactly. And then one last thing I want to bring up, which is not a fun thing to say, but I think it's important. This is Molly Lloyd opinion. Opinion by Molly. Trademark. I think that the prevalence of social media in all of our lives has kept people in our life that maybe wouldn't be there otherwise. Oh, say that again. It is so true. You look at your Facebook feed and you see somebody who you haven't seen since June 12th, 1998. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you're like, oh, I'm so glad they got a hamster. Why do I know this about this person? This is bananas. And it's filling up space in our brain that we could be using for other things. Keep in mind, I love social media. I think there are some great things about it, too, especially on your birthday when you have 300 new messages. Hey. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But I do think that in this case, one thing that kind of complicates things is that there are also some friendships in life that when they have run their course, it's okay to say goodbye. Yeah. And that's okay, too. And maybe it's because there are some strong feelings from either side about whether it's those envious feelings or maybe, like you mentioned earlier, maybe someone is child-free, not by choice, and it's just simply too painful for them to remain friends with you because it's a constant reminder of something, you know, that went differently in their life than they anticipated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other thing is those feelings might all be wrapped up in the f- actual fact of this friendship has run its course. Yeah. And it's hard. You, you and I were just talking about this. Blair, weren't we just talking about this? It's very hard because, especially for me, because I pride myself so heavily on the friendships that I have. And friends are so very important to me. Man. It's hard. It's a breakup. I love my friends. Like, I love my friends. My friends get me through and have got me through so much. And when a friendship runs its course or when it's over or when the season of that friendship is over, it's hard not to mourn it or feel like there's more that you could have done or what did I do? Did I do something wrong? And sometimes it's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Because your head knows it's the right choice and your heart feels their absence so acutely. It's a mourning period. You know, absolutely, it's natural and good to grieve. And we have those doubts. It's like breaking up with somebody who you knew wasn't good for you anyway. (laughs) But you were like, oh gosh, I loved the time, you know? Yeah. They bored out a little place in your heart and that's... Is a hole in your heart that can only be filled by another friend because that friendship has run its course. Exactly. (laughs) And it's also like you hang on to the idea of what it was. Oh, yes. As opposed to what it has turned into and what it truly is. Thank God for Pinot Noir. Hey, now. It is true. And just remember that it's complicated by a lot of things. By emotions, by all those things that you talked about, the guilt and the questions and the worries but trust your gut listeners you got this you got it if this friendship has run its course you know as marie Kondo would say express gratefulness to it oh i'm so grateful for what you've given me in my life and now it is time for me to set you free for sure yeah and then that way you can look back on it as i have yes and love you look back on it with fondness And there's not so much, the bitterness can come in that mourning grieving period, of course. But then like, once you've gotten over that hump, I definitely have had those moments where I'm just like cackling out loud to the moments that I've shared with friend that's no longer in my life. It's great. And it's made me who I am. It's part of my history. It's part of my DNA. Yeah. And good for you for focusing on the positive. And I think that's the takeaway from that is if you have figured out that this friend, the obstacles are just too many. You've just simply grown apart. Yeah. Yeah. And then when your kids have the same issue, because you know what's going to happen. Oh, it's so hard. Yes. It's so hard. So at least you have that, like, you have that practice, that practice of gratefulness that you can, like, instill in them and show them how to move past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always good to move on, to learn how to move on. Ugh. Ugh. Some of it's real hard. So that's real, real hard. Uh, And then there are those friends who we cherish and we're going to put in this time that we talked about. We are going to, I know how hard it is to feel depleted and be like, are you kidding me? I have a child on each breast (laughs) and one who is like painting my hair with non-washable paint. (laughs) How dare. And I can't even imagine right now. 
maybe you have to change the way you think about how what that friendship is made of and talk to your friend. Keep that open communication open because that is the thing that's going to get you through these hard times and get you through this season of crazy. And then you want to grow old together. You want to play Mahjong. You want to play Mahjong. You want to be able to hit those 90s R&B hip hop classics in 2045. To hear this whole episode, subscribe or follow Toddler Purgatory wherever you're listening right now. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you've fallen into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.